Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of my podcast, The Break. I'm Father Roderick, recording this on a beautiful day, 21 degrees Celsius outside. It is sunny and yet not too warm. I'm going to enjoy it because next week for me will be totally different. This episode is brought to you thanks to my patrons, and I want to welcome a few new patrons. We've got Jake Robles, Fidel Blanco, and Joshua Herrera, who have joined this wonderful community of supporters uh, that I am so proud of, because without their feedback, without their inspiration, my life would be a lot harder, and it is so refreshing to get different perspectives on what I do, and there is a lot of knowledge in that community also. And uh, a lot of the members of the Patreon community share that on the Discord server that you get access to. And, and, and for me, that is, a, that is a, a great, great asset. So thank you so much for all of you that are part of that community. If you want to join that community and help me build out this, this apostolate, then take a look at, what is it? Patreon.com slash Father Roderick. Do you know what's going on? This is what's happening in your world. They said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. As I said in the intro, this week, temperature-wise, is very different from the week that's to come. And that is because I am preparing myself to travel to Tuscany in Italy for a short yearly vacation uh, that I go on with three other priests, good friends of mine. We've known each other since the time that we all studied in Rome. And uh, every year we, we start thinking about where we will go this summer, in, in usually in January or February. And I'm always hoping for kind of cooler countries. I loved my time in Scotland, in Ireland. I would love to travel even more to the north, to Norway or Sweden or Denmark. Um, but this year, um, the, 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 my friends wanted to go to to Tuscany, which is an area where um, I think most of them have not been. I've been there once uh, on my very first journey to Italy uh, when I was uh, still in the process of, of, of learning Italian. And I was I was I already knew that I was going to uh, to study in Rome, social communications. So my bishop uh, told me to 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 go there. Well, in fact, he didn't want me to go and study social communications. He wanted me to <laughs> to do a doctorate in in systematic theology, um, but that turned out very differently. Anyway, that's another story. Um, and so the the summer before I was going to Rome, I decided to go by car to Italy on my own with a tent in the in the back of my car and to and I traveled to Tuscany because I, I heard great things about it and um, I figured if I am by myself I, I I have to speak Italian and that actually proved to be a great method to quickly learn um, a, a bit more vocabulary than I w was able to learn from um, from the what is it uh, six months that I'd studied it Italian at home and so I stayed in Tuscany, I think, for about a week. I started in, in the north of Italy, in the area of the Como Lake, and I visited Venice, and there are some beautiful cities there. And then I, I took the car, tra traveled more to the to the mid mis the middle part <laughs> of Italy. Um, and unfortunately, 
the, the image that I had of Tuscany was uh, an image that was mostly influenced by photos that I'd seen of the springtime where everything is green and you've got, you know, just beautiful hillsides and everything. Uh, but I was there in the middle of summer. It was hot. Everything was yellow. And um, there was not much rain <laughs> in those months. Um, and even though I loved visiting cities like Siena and Florence and Pisa, uh, I, I always told myself I, I need to come back here either in the fall or, or even better in, I don't know, April or May when everything is still green. And now, many years later, I think this is more than 16 years later, I'm about to return to Tuscany in the same month uh, that I visited it all these years ago. And right now, temperatures are even higher than back then. It is uh, around 33 to 36 degrees Celsius every day. Uh, not looking forward to the temperatures. But, of course, vacation is not just about uh, about the weather it's 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 for me it's a great time to hang out with good friends and to be able to share that that time that we normally just don't have because all of us are so busy speaking of which i have been very busy this past week preparing for my vacation and usually what i do i mean preparing for the vacation itself is super simple because i i travel super light um i will record or actually i have already recorded a, po a podcast uh, an episode of The Walk where I talk about the benefits of traveling light and also about the spiritual impact of traveling light for multiple years now. So in that respect, going on vacation, vacation for me is super stress-free, super simple because I'm, <laughs> I don't have much to pack. But I always spend lots and lots of time in the two weeks before I go on vacation um, as far as getting my ducks in a row. I always want to make sure that when I leave my home, everything is in place. Everything is clean. So I spend a lot of time cleaning the rooms. And I, I do that every year. I, I, I have to clean my house all, all by myself. And that's not a problem because I, you know, I'm just alone here in this house. So I, I don't make a mess of things. Um, but I do it room by room. So every week I'll take another room, like the bathroom, I'll do that one one week, and then the next week I will clean the studio, etc. Uh, so all in all, it's not too bad. But when I go on vacation, I want to do the like the big stuff, like do a thorough deep clean of the kitchen. Um, this morning, I spent two hours cleaning the fridge, getting the ice out of the, the freezer compartment, which of course is, uh, if, if, there's a, if there are layers of, of ice, um, which just happens whenever you open the door, there is some, you know, uh, condensation taking place and that freezes up. It, it gets harder and harder for the freezer to to work properly. So it consumes more more energy. And I wanted to either empty the entire fridge before I go on vacation. Well, that didn't work <laughs> because I just couldn't eat everything that was in there. But I wanted to make sure at least that if I leave, uh, the freezer is just in optimum shape. So that, that took me two hours this morning, getting all the ice out and reorganizing everything. So that's now super nice and clean. And uh, so that's that's one of these things. But I also spend a lot of time making sure that my work is in order. And as you know, I've been making uh, quite a few changes over these past few weeks and months. And the, the main drive for that was to simplify the workflows. Um, as you know, I, I work in very different fields. I work in television. I, I, I make 
you know, large-scale documentaries. Uh, I do podcasts. I, I, I stream live. I have mass on Sunday. Uh, I do TikTok videos about anime um, and et cetera, et cetera. I make a lot of content for the patrons and all that in, in different places as well. It's not just that I just do you know, podcasts and I just have the same feeds. No, I have YouTube channels and social media channels. Uh, we've got the, the various podcast feeds. We've got our website. Uh, there's the Discord server where I communicate. Um, you've got the live streams on Facebook, on YouTube. And all that is just very difficult to, to manage uh, since we are such a small organization. Um, my patrons know that it, Tridio is... Just me and and Inge, our community manager. Inge is a part timer. I work full time on this, but and then we have a couple of volunteers that do uh, the uh, like the they they are overseeing the the whole enterprise and 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 safeguarding the the mission. That's the board. But it's it's basically two people, and so you can imagine that having all these multiple channels and different audiences as well, because the people that follow me on my Star Wars YouTube channel are very different from the audiences that I have in podcasting. People that listen to The Walk, a uh, totally different demographic from the people that listen to, um, well, for instance, Story Secrets, the the new podcast that I make for the, for the patrons. And so uh, for me, it became es- essential to, first of all, make some choices, you know, what What do I want to continue? Are there any old projects that I kind of still have on a back burner, but I can't really dedicate any time to? Is it wise to keep that in the air, <laughs> you know, or should I just take it down? Um, and then also, can I regroup stuff? Can I can I make sure that it's, it's kind of like uh, um, cleaning up your house. One of the tricks that I learned from minimalists, by reading books, listening to podcasts, is if you want to keep your house clean and uh, in a certain way also empty, make sure that everything has its own place so that if if something is lying around, like a pair of socks or something, you pick it up, you don't have to think about it, you know immediately where to put it. That was, on the level of my media channels, that was the big challenge. Like oftentimes I would create something or I would have an idea and then I was like, well, where am I going to put that? I would watch a, a movie at my local theater, and then I was, oh, I'd love to create a review. Where am I going to put that? Am I going to talk about it on the podcast? Am I going to do a video review and post it on my on my main YouTube channel? But then that's mostly Star Wars fans, so why am I going to post another review? That w- wouldn't work. And so what I decided was, okay, let's let's make things clear and simple. Also for potential audiences that check out one of my channels that I can easily refer them to one place where they can find everything. And so for YouTube, this resulted in a complete complete reshuffle of my channels and also I shut down a couple of channels that weren't really working. And so right now, um, and, and this took me two weeks to reorganize everything, make new playlists because the, my content was all over the place. Right now, I've got one, two, three, four, five different YouTube channels. That's probably still too much, but anyway. The first one is my main channel, Father Roderick. It's now dedicated solely to Star Wars story, story secrets. So it's about the deeper themes in the Star Wars stories that I share my enthusiasm for with so many people all over the world. Then I created a specific YouTube channel just for anime. 
And this was because a lot of people that uh, are not on TikTok still wanted to listen to my takes on the various anime series. Plus, there is a large audience out in the YouTube sphere that just is, is not aware of what's happening on TikTok. So I figured, you know, if I already do the work on TikTok, I might as well also post it on YouTube. So that one is called Anime Story Secrets. Again, same theme, story secrets. My my speciality is to help people uncover the deeper meanings and to make sure that these these stories that we all like have something to to teach us, can help us. It's not just entertainment. Hopefully, what I do can help people reflect on their lives and maybe also uh, see the, the similarities between the questions that we ask ourselves in faith, um, the, the, the choices that we make inspired by our faith and how these are reflected in situations that you see in popular television series, movies or anime. The third channel is my documentary space or my vlogging space. It's basically everything that has to do with my day-to-day life, the travels that I make, the people that I interview, um, that's kind of my most TV-like channel. And uh, as I explain in one of the upcoming uh, episodes of The Walk, I wanted to uh, to teach myself and to train myself into becoming in in becoming more um, fluent with the language of video. And the only way to do that now that I don't have a contract with a t- TV uh, station uh, right now is to keep keep practicing, keep filming. And this is why on that channel you will find my the stories that I film all over the world. If you go there right now, in fact, you will find uh, a ton of playlists of my trips to Scotland and Ireland. And there's a lot of stuff there that I'm pretty sure none of you have ever seen. And so I... I challenge you, or I challenge you, I invite you to go and take a look because it's, I'm, a, a lot of that was filmed years ago So and, and it was edited with the technology at the time. I wasn't doing much video editing at the time. But uh, it's still it's still cool material. It's fun. It's, it's, uh, I, I've re-watched a, a number of those stories and I, I couldn't remember any of it. So definitely go take a look at my documentary channel. That's also the new place for... Um, a, a revamped experience of the walk. Now you know the walk is one of my major shows. Um, it's got a very loyal audience. It loves to listen to my, or loves to accompany me when I go out for a walk wherever I am. It could be in the woods here. It could be in Italy next week, and and during which I, it's kind of a free flow sharing of what's on my mind, the things that I've learned some reflections, how I try to integrate faith and and day-to-day life and the choices that I make. But I've added the dimension of video. And I did that on purpose because I want to, first of all, uh, train myself to become more of a visual narrator. And and the, the challenge is, and this is still something I need to learn, is to make it so that if you don't watch the video, and I know that a lot of you are really hardcore podcast lovers, that you you listen to this on in your car. This is, this is how you get through your commute. You just line up the most recent episodes of podcasts, and there's no way that you can drive your car or, or do other stuff that you do during the day and at the same time watch a video. Video is very demanding for when it comes to your attention, and a lot of you just prefer audio because you can do something at the same time. I, I am like you. I love to listen to audiobooks. I, I always listen to podcasts when I'm doing something else. Um, so, But I also 
want so I want to make sure that what I film um, is also narrated in the text. Uh, and and that was that was an interesting experiment. The first episode is out there, um, so you will find both a video version on my documentary channel. Links, by the way, in the show notes for this podcast on fatherodrick.com. Um, and I also wanted to, and I also posted an audio version of the same edit in in the podcast feed. Now, the added advantage, and this was cool to discover, was that since I was editing this for YouTube in a, in a visual way, I noticed that, well, I, I had to make some edits. There's always, there are some awkward pauses or um, something happens so that I get, you know, kind of distracted. I, I lose my train of thought. The advantage of working in videos, you can just cut that out, cover that up. But the other added advantage was, since it's video, I need to make it a little bit more engaging. And so I had to create a bit of a structure, a framework for each episode of the walk. And I am very happy with that because I apply what I've learned from TikTok to the storytelling of the walk. And, and so if you look carefully, it will always start with a hook. It's a, it's a situation here filmed in my house. This is before I go on the walk because I know that it's a more engaging story if you start somewhere and then you move and then something happens and then you end somewhere. So there's A, B, and C in terms of destinations, not just me walking right away. I, I start the show and then I'm here in the woods. Um, so it's a bit more of a journey. So that's number one. The second uh, part is I, 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 I make a division. So I start with describing the problem, the issue that I'm thinking about, struggling with, the, the challenges. Then, in the second part of the, of the walk, I talk about, so what can, what can faith teach me? What, what have I learned from the Bible or from the saints? Or, you know, I, impl- I explicitly want to, to integrate that, that religious dimension that is so formative for me and has been so formative in my life. And I know that uh, a lot of you really want to learn from and are interested in. And then the third part, and this is the most important one, it's application. So what does that mean? What, what are the things that you can change that I have changed? What are my experiences? How does this work in your day-to-day life? And in, in order to make that a little bit more, I don't know, more like uh, TV, I also included some bridges, some visual bridges, where you see just a few seconds where I just walk or I come across... I don't know, a squirrel or in the last episode, a snake. <laughs> and so, and, and I, I put some music under that, under that, very calming music. So that kind of also sets the tone. It's very subtle. But I've been listening back to the audio of that video that I posted. And I actually think it is a lot better than it used to be. It's got more structure. Um, it's still a bit on the long side. It's about, you know, almost 30 minutes. And it's just me talking. So on TV, that would never work. <laughs> But hey, it's it's I'm getting there, and I will. I want to try to get better and better at, at the storytelling and keeping people engaged. So I think that ultimately, also the audio version of the show will benefit from that. So that's all on documentaries. Then Sunday Mass. This used to be the Tridio Media channel, which was kind of like a container for everything that we do. It's a bit of a showcase channel, but um, I've noticed that the most important thing that we do there is to stream Sunday Mass. And I've also noticed that there is a huge audience out there that is looking for Masses that are streamed live. The problem is they don't find 
the Mass for Geeks that I do. And I know that there is a huge young audience and maybe also a family audience that would that would benefit from, that could benefit from this. And so, as usual, I know that there's only one way to get this in the suggestions that YouTube makes, and that is by focusing. So instead of doing all these different live events on Tridio and even the name, the title, the description, it was all... You know, it's an organ. Tridio Media, is, Tridio Media is an organization that there's nothing that that incentivizes people to subscribe to that channel. So I've rebranded it as Sunday Mass, and so it's super simple. It's YouTube.com/slash Sunday Mass, and every week on Sunday there is a mass that is streamed, and later on in the week there will be the homily that you can rewatch. And a lot of these homilies are standalone, so you can also go back in time and just play them as a you know, a, a, a geeky meditation on the gospel. So that hopefully will also start uh, growing the amount of people that are following that channel. And then finally, I've got my Lego channel, uh, which is also called Father Roderick, but but the subtitle is The Brick Priest. That's how I call myself, The Brick Priest. <laughs> it's like Brick Man on the Lego Master Show. This is where I try to build community uh, while building Lego sets and from time to time I create edu educational videos with Lego and and I want to keep doing that because those have been proven to be very beneficial for for instance for people that work in catechesis or school teachers that just want to have a little you know opening video that that their kids like to watch and that they can then use as at the start of a I don't know a lesson or an educational moment about faith so that that's what I've been working on it was a lot of work but I feel like I've got things under control now. I know where everything goes. There's one last thing that I'm excited about, and that is, you know, that I do the big story secrets show for the higher tier patrons. And then for the for all patrons, no matter what tier you are at, um, there's, there's the same podcast feed. And I wanted to kind of also focus that on on story secrets because that's that's kind of my thing, and that's 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 always been in everything that I do. There's this trying to bridge, the the or to bring together bridgings, you know, between two worlds. Now it's to bring together the world of geeks and the, and the world of stories that we love and the, and the world of the stories of the Bible and faith. And so, I made a short variant on story secrets. It's literally called Story Secrets Short. Short and simple. And instead of doing like short reviews of movies and TV shows, I mean, there are plenty of those out there. I figured, well, what if I do something a bit more personal? And, and when I watch a, an episode on TV or a movie, instead of doing just a review and just talk about, you know, the story or the characters, why don't I learn from... Actually, I do learn from the stuff that I watch. Why don't I share what I've learned from these episodes or what it makes me think of? how it has impacted me. And, and so that's what you will find in, in your patron feed from now on. Every week there will be one or more episodes of Story Secrets, short and simple, in which I share short and simple lessons that I've learned from the shows and the movies that I watch. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your feedback on all this. I do not like movies. They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. One of the new 
podcast episodes uh, in, in that short and simple series is dedicated to the first episode of Superman and Lois uh, that I just recently discovered on HBO. It's a new series dedicated to, you know, my favorite superhero, Superman, and his relationship with, with uh, Lois Lane, uh, the, the, the journalist uh, over in um, Metropolis. And in this series, they are married, and they have two kids. They have two sons. Um, and so I started watching uh, the first episode, and you know what? It's not too bad. When we were dreaming about having a family, it didn't look like this, did it? Lost jobs, teens with severe anxiety, parents gone too soon. Why'd you move the family here? Still looking for the simple life? Because those days are gone, Clark. Long gone. You got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Really wish I could get drunk sometimes. You're saying you're Superman? Well, we've seen Superman before. We've seen him. Am I a bad father? We're gonna be all right. No one ever dreams about the problems, but every life has them. Even the extraordinary ones. Superman and Lois, two-hour premiere event, Tuesday, February 23rd. Stream free next day, only on the CW app. Now, this this series um, premiered a while ago, I think last year. There are now two seasons already online. Um, and I think that this series is going to continue. What struck me, what is original about this approach, is that it continues kind of what Smallville uh, did maybe a decade ago. And that is to tell kind of the, the the more personal stories in the life of Superman and Lois. And this time, it's not just extraterrestrials or, or big superhero villains that are menacing uh, the world and uh, and the lives of, of Superman and Lois, but it's also their own personal struggles. They It's hard to be parents, and they make mistakes, and then, you know, things go wrong. And you need a whole different category of superpowers in order to be good parents and and i like that approach and there is still a lot of flying and fighting uh and and i have to say visually the show looks really good um definitely tv show material but um i like that balance it's it's both you know classic superhero stories there's also a bit more optimism in this it's not as dark and gritty as a lot of the dc stuff that we've seen over the past few years of which you know i'm not a big fan of all the the grittiness and the darkness um but uh I, the, the only hmm, kind of minor point of criticism is that that i have is that the, both actors the both the guy who plays superman and and the woman who plays lois are kind of yeah, I don't know. They don't work for me. They're so different from the 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 other actors, actresses that have played those roles that I feel like a bit of a disconnect. Like Superman is, yeah, he's supposed to look different. And I know that's just my own kind of expectations. Uh, and so I still have a hard time uh, wrapping my mind around the fact that these these are still the Superman and Lois that I know from other stories, and it, eh, I don't know, I don't know. I, I kind of that <laughs> I definitely prefer the actors that play in, in the bigger movies. Speaking of of the DC universe, I was shocked to learn that Warner, 
has decided to cancel a movie in the DC universe that was already completely finished. I'm talking about Batgirl. This was, I, I was also shocked to, to learn that there was a movie in development called Batgirl because I had no idea. But apparently this is a movie that was helmed by two directors that had also worked on one of my favorite new Marvel TV series, uh, Miss Marvel. And so these guys directed, I think, two episodes. So they worked with Kevin Feige. Um, and, and I love that series. I think they did a great job. Uh, and at the same time, they were working on this big budget you know, theatrical movie dedicated to Batgirl. It would bring back the original, what's his name? Uh, oh, his name escapes me. Anyway, the, the original Batman. Um, and so it wasn't, it wasn't just low profile. It was, you know, p- pretty big, big budget. And, and they already screened the movie to a, an audience. And, and the f- f- initial response was very positive. And so this past week, all of a sudden, we got we learned the news that Warner plus HBO decided that that movie wouldn't be released in theaters and wouldn't even be released on HBO Max. So it's also not going to be on streaming platforms. Imagine what that means for everyone involved in that production. Directors, the writers, the actors, the extras, the people in wardrobe, makeup, special effects, music, sound effects. Hundreds and hundreds of people that have dedicated maybe several years of their lives to creating this story. And then to hear that upper management has decided that, yeah, sorry, thanks, but no thanks. We're not going to show this. I think it's shocking. The directors have expressed their their shock and, and disbelief. So have a number of the actors. Kevin Feige, who has worked actually with both directors, has, has written them and told them, you know, that this is terrible. That, you know, but of course he's not in charge of the DC universe. What could have motivated this? According to some, it's because the movie just wasn't good enough, and that's kind of the official reaction. When, of course, there was a lot of uproar among fans about this, uh, where Warner and HBO said, "Hey, we're." Uh, we just want to make sure that every movie that gets out in the DC universe is up to our standards, implicitly saying this movie wasn't. But then why did the movie do so well with the test audience? Is there another reason? I, I don't know if we'll discover that anytime soon. But personally, I think, you know what? The, this could be a great PR fl- uh, uh, ploy where you could maybe see this 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 upswing, this, this heightened interest of fans getting upset and then just begging for this movie to be released, which could actually benefit the whole thing. But is this just a PR thing? Probably not. But it is a blemish. It's a huge blemish on, on, on Warner and on HBO. I mean, sure, you have to make sure that movies are, are good and that you don't, you don't want to tarnish your brand. But then again, they, they made mistakes in the past as well. There's so many crappy DC movies out there. Seriously, <laughs> what's, what's the deal with one more? But I also think, you know what, this, this shows such a bad management. They, sh- they could have catched this years before, well, not years before. They could, have, they could have made changes. They could have seen this coming. This is what, what Kathleen Kennedy got a lot of flack for with Star Wars, is that sometimes halfway through production, think of, of Solo. 
Think of Rogue One, which is one of the most beloved new Star Wars movies. They intervened and they they got other people involved. In in the case of Solo, the, the directors got fired. In the case of um, of Rogue One, the original script and screenplay and also uh, the original story of the movie was changed dramatically. They brought in a new writer who's now also writing for, for Rogue One, uh, for the Rogue One prequel, the, the Andor series. Um, and they they made some substantial changes to the story. But the ultimate result, I have to say, was good. Um, I mean, Solo wasn't maybe what they expected it to be. It was still a pretty decent movie. And, uh, and Rogue One, of course, was amazing. So, you know what? Yeah, they caught it in time. And I wonder why that didn't happen with this movie. It's also kind of uh, feels a bit like what happens to the Harry Potter brand, to the, the Wizarding World, you know, the Secrets of Dumbledore. Didn't they see it coming that this movie wouldn't work with their audiences? Didn't they test this? What is going on? It's, it, they're, I don't know. It's weird. And then this was followed by the news that HBO and Discovery Plus are going to merge. And, and they want to bring both streaming platforms together in one new streaming platform. I'm thinking, great, I just subscribed to HBO Max. They promised me that I would get like... 50% off the, subscri- the monthly subscription for the rest of my life. Well, maybe that's just for the next couple of months and then they're going to introduce a totally new platform and, and I don't know, the prices are going to go up. I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. I don't know what's going on, but I have to say I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> uh, that's nor here or there. Let's continue with a quick visit to the kitchen. I don't like red cabbage. I'm just going to be totally brutally honest. Red cabbage has always been at the lower end of the foods that I like to consume, including, and it's a bit on par with carrots, like raw carrots. I don't care for carrots. (laughs) What do you do with red cabbage? Now, the thing is, I actually, in my fridge right now, have two red cabbages, and it's part of those two good-to-go boxes that I get from time to time. And... um, and I've just rack, been racking my brain. What do I do with red cabbage? The only recipe that I knew was from my childhood where my mom would, would cook potatoes and then just mash them with cooked red cabbage, which is a combination that is just... Ugh, no, <laughs> no, I don't like that. I don't, same thing with carrots, you know, mashed carrot puree. Ugh, nah, not my thing. And so I was like, I'm not going to throw these away. I need to find a recipe that works. And so I found a recipe that is actually delicious and that I wanted to share with you. And it is red cabbage made in an oriental way. I like everything that has to do with Korean, Chinese, Japanese cooking. And so I was like, okay, let's try this out. It's very simple. You clean the red cabbage. You you cut it into very thin strips. That's very important. Shouldn't be, you know, big chunks of red cabbage. Very thin strips. Uh, thin thin uh, layers. Then you cut up a red pepper. Um, I, it needs to be a bit spicy. You uh, uh, cut up um, a few cloves of garlic, uh, as much as you like, of course. Some ginger, also fresh ginger, just rasp it. Um, then some uh, some lemongrass, 
uh, also make sure it's super tiny, um, some spring onions. And then what, what? it's super simple. You just heat up some oil and then you add the cabbage, the red pepper, the garlic, and you you bake it for, for about 10 minutes. You have to kind of like uh, stir it around. So it's basically stir fry for 10 minutes. Why did I say bake? Um, then after that, then it gets soft and it, it, it starts to, especially because of the, the, the garlic, it starts to smell really nice. And then you add the lemongrass and the ginger. You can even add some honey if you like, like more like a sweet uh, uh, thing. But here is where the magic happens. So you, you let that cook for about five minutes. And this was the game changer. You add coconut milk. Coconut milk, a little bit of uh, wine vin- vinegar, and soy sauce. And then you let that cook for another 10 minutes. And you, you may want to add some pepper and salt to taste. And, 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 and then at the end, you, you just put it on, on a plate or in a bowl. You add the cut up spring onions and some sesame seeds. And I was like, oh, I can eat this every day. It is so, (laughs) so good. Oh my gosh. So now I'm thinking, hey, I only have two red cabbages in my fridge. I wish I had more. Oh, well. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to pass that on. If you have any other ideas and tips for what I can do with red cabbage, I'm now open for new experiments when did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics last night the packet the extraction theory papers am i the only one who did the reading because i was so busy this past week i only read one book (laughs) but it was a cool book i loved it it's called the big book of 30 day challenges um and this is one of those books that is very much an inspirational book that gives me ideas. And while I was listening to the audiobook version of it, I was like, I want to try this out. And I love that idea of challenging yourself for 30 days. It's what I try to do every time we have Lent. Um, Then it's 40 days, of course, but I always try to to focus on one thing, make one change. That's basically the secrets of, of, uh, of creating new habits is not try to do everything at once. Focus on one thing and then the next month, Hopefully that one habit has stuck and you can add another habit. What this book does so well is to give you a ton of different ideas. And it's all over the place. That's what I like. But there are a few proposed things that you could do for 30 days. And also describes a little bit how you can do that. And gives you some very, very specific pointers. Like this is what you can do on day one, day two. Um, So it's not really a book that you read in one go or should read in one. I did. But it's also a book you can just have lying around and whenever you start a new month and you're like, hey, I'd like to challenge myself, you just browse through the book and maybe pick up an idea or two. So a few of these ideas is take 30 days to learn a new language. Sounds so simple, but why not just do that for one month? You can learn a lot of words and and simple phrases in, in 30 days. If you would do that for an entire year, you could teach yourself 12 new languages. It's hard. The older you get, the harder it is. But still, 30 days, you do that every day, you will be able to say a few things. How cool is that to say, hey, this year I taught myself 12 new languages. Some of us only speak like two or three languages. I love languages. So this this particularly appealed to me. And of course, if you do that for 30 days, and say, for instance, I, I'd start with Swedish. 
And then the next month I'm going to do Norwegian. I'm pretty sure that after a year, not much will, will remain. But it could also be the beginning of something. So sometimes there's this language that just clicks. I had that with Spanish. Like, I deliberately avoided learning Spanish when I was in Italy. And I was still trying to master Italian because those two languages are very similar. But now, now that I've traveled to Spain several times, I, I just love that language. It just works for me. And so, yeah, I love that. Another idea, take 30 days to write a book. A lot of people do that in, in what is it, October, November? The NaNoWriMo challenge, where you, you challenge yourself to write a novel. It doesn't have to be good. It's about the act of creating something, to put to put something on paper. Instead of being perfectionistic, just write a number of words every day. Uh, there's a, there are a lot of good resources for that. I like that challenge. Write a book in 30 days. Uh, another challenge, that one looked frightening to me. Take cold showers every day for 30 days. Cold showers? <sighs> Apparently there are a lot of mental and physical benefits, but oh no, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm too chicken for that. Another one I loved is read a random Wikipedia page every single day. Apparently, there's a way to put, uh, if, you, if you open your browser to make that it goes to a random Wikipedia page, you read through that and you learn something new every single day for 30 days. Not everything will be super, super interesting to you, but still, it's another way to kind of like open your mind, kind of, Train yourself to go beyond your usual sources of information. Broaden your scope on the world. Uh, another tip. Use your commute for 30 days as if it was a university class. Listen to courses. Uh, a lot of us spend a, 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 a big portion of our week sitting in our car, driving to and back from work. You could, you could, of course, listen to podcasts like this one. Maybe you're, that's what you're doing. You could also say, hey, for 30 days, I'm going to, I want to get, I want to study astronomy or something like that. Imagine doing that for an entire year. You could learn so much. Um, so I love that idea as well. And then in all of these challenges, remember, finished is better than perfect. If you challenge yourself, I want to write a book in 30 days, I want to write every day. It's better to write for five minutes and to make sure you've got a paragraph on paper, than to skip it because, yeah, I was supposed to write three pages, but uh, I, I just don't feel like it. Oftentimes, just beginning will give you the energy and the motivation to finish. But finished is better than perfect. Don't overthink it. I love those ideas, and that's why I shared them with you. It's time for the recent newly introduced segment dedicated to nature and sustainability. Um, I, I read something the other day that made me think, and it's like plastic is is a huge problem for for our environment, right? Because plastic, even though they may tell you it's recyclable, it ultimately will always degrade. Even the recyclable stuff, it doesn't get better over time. It's not like glass that you can keep recycling. No, after a certain amount of time, the plastic will ultimately become microplastics and it will end up in our environment. And this is a huge problem. Uh, of, and the consequences of all this plastic waste 
that is so recent, it's only for a few decades that we've been producing all this plastic, the actual impact on our environment, and even on ourselves, there are now babies that have plastic in their blood. There are most animals, most of the meat you buy at the supermarket has plastic in it. What does that ultimately do to our systems? A lot of unknowns, but what I know is you can try to diminish your your own consumption of plastic, and that, of course, is it's just a drop in the ocean, but it's also about making a, a mind shift. If everyone thinks, well, what I do doesn't matter because I'm just one of, of billions of people on this planet, but if everyone keeps thinking of that, then nothing will change. And so we know that if, if ideas and a change of behavior takes hold of people, then it starts to become a revolution. And th this is how change happens in the world. It always starts with a few people starting to try it in a different way, and then that starts to spread. So, And I was reading this tip, like, why do you always buy these convenient soap dispensers? I do that all the time. In every bathroom here in the house, I've got these soap dispensers. And they're cheap. They're just a buck or so, or one fifty, and then it's got this little pump, and it it, it dispenses a, a little droplet of soap, and you can wash your hands. It's very convenient, very clean, but it's all plastic. That bottle will ultimately <laughs> degrade to microplastics, and 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 the whole tip that I read was just switch to regular soap. People have been washing themselves with soap, just old fashioned soap. That is that, that you can buy in a paper wrapper for 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 decades, for centuries even. So why wouldn't it work for you? Just just buy one of those containers. You have to. I, I found that in the store the other day. It's made out of bamboo and stainless steel, both of which are recyclable. So it's just this little uh, rectangular uh, box or open open box and then inside is a is a holder of stainless steel you put the soap on it so the when you wash your hands the remainder of the of the water will, will flow into the <clears throat> into the the box the the uh what did i call it the bamboo <laughs> the bamboo container you can wash that every week um and in that way again no more plastic soap dispensers it's super simple doesn't really change the world, but it's just one of these simple things that you can do. So. The segment where I tell you what I learned this week, and I am so excited that I've discovered Black Magic Da Vinci Resolve. I've been uh, raving about this program for several episodes now. So it's editing software, video editing, uh, which of course is not everyone's cup of tea not something that that a lot of you are involved with but for those of you that want to edit every once in a while this is the best investment that you can make because it's free it's perfectly usable professional grade software that is very easy to use i've, I've worked with avid premiere final cut uh, imovie this is the best video editor i've ever used it's so well done and it's completely free. You can go to the Blackmagic uh, website and download it and start using it. And you can, you can edit movies with this. There are tons of tutorials on YouTube. That's how I'm learning this. And I'm loving every second that I work with this. Uh, what you see in the, the video version of The Walk, that was completely edited with, um, with DaVinci Resolve. It was color corrected with DaVinci Resolve. Um, 
And I, I created that video, which is about half an hour, in just one hour. It took me one hour to put that together. If I would have made this in Premiere Pro, which is a professional Adobe program that we are we're subscribing to the Adobe Cloud, it's pretty expensive. It would have taken me at least three times the amount of work. In Avid, it would have taken four times as much work. Um, not to mention that the color correction in, in DaVinci is unparalleled. It's the best in the industry. I love it. I love how easy it is, and I would dare you to, if you ever want to edit something, instead of just using these simple apps that you can find everywhere, uh, or iMovie, which, yeah, eh, it's okay, but I don't really care for iMovie. Just try DaVinci Resolve. It may feel a little bit imposing, but just watch. There are videos that are called, like, 10-minute crash course. You watch that video, and you will know how to, how to use it. It's so well done, that software. And it's so fast on the M1. To, to, to render a 25-minute video of the walk in 4K only takes 15 minutes, which is insanely fast. Oh, my gosh. I love it. We are on the cutting edge of technology. Wow. Well, what does that mean? Plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you plugged in a new device. And it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. There is all this wonderful technology, and some of it is super advanced, like the iPad that I'm using, like the... The, 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 the MacBook Air uh, on which I'm editing. But there is also super simple technology uh, that is still extremely useful. And one of the examples of that is this blue cube that I have here in front of me. It's made out of plastic. Sorry for that. And it's got numbers on it. The upper part is completely blank. But then on the sides, you've got minutes. One side says 15 minutes. Then next to that is 20 minutes. Next to that is 30 minutes. And the last one says 60 minutes. Now here's the genius. If I put this, for instance, on 15 minutes, let's say I wanna <clears throat> I wanna do I wanna process email, but I'm always a bit wary because I know if once I start diving into my inbox, I will never get free of it anymore. It's it well. Why don't I set myself 15 minutes to just do email? And then when the timer goes off, I'm done. I'm done for the day. In 15 minutes, you can do a lot. Cleaning, same thing. Instead of telling yourself like, oh, I don't want to clean the kitchen. It's so much work. Give yourself 15 minutes. Start cleaning. And then just stop when the timer is over. Now, what I love about this is you just turn the side with the minutes, with the amount of minutes that you want to spend you turn that to the top. So you basically just flip the cube over and it does this doop, doop. And then on the underside, there is actually a, an, L, a, an LED timer or an LCD timer, I should say, that starts running and it will do a countdown of exactly 15 minutes. And then when the 15 minutes are over, it just does this like alarm. Sounds exactly like a, the alarm clock that wakes you up in the morning. And then... That's 15 minutes. But then, now I've reset it just by flipping it over again. Uh, but I can also say, hey, I want to spend 30 minutes editing my next YouTube video. And I only have 30 minutes, so I'm just going to start right now. Bloop. And I know 
30 minutes after it is, it will warm you. This is perfect for tomato timers. You know, the, the whole tomato method where you work in chunks of 20 minutes? Well, this cube has a 20-minute option to it. So you work for 20 minutes, then you have a short pause, then you work for another 20 minutes. You, so you create these little arcs in the work that you do. And from what I've heard from many people that work in that way, you get a lot done in those 20 minutes. As long as you focus for 20 minutes on that one task. That is, for me, amazing technology. And it's, yeah, it's plastic, it's cheap. But man, do I get some leverage out of this. That's what I wanted to share with you. Uh, I want to wrap up the show with the thought of the week. And this one is about time management and, you know, making sure that you... uh, that you work in an efficient way. And it's ultimately all comes down to good planning, which is something that I really had to learn (laughs) because I wasn't good at it naturally. But I love this quote about planning. Planning is bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it now. Let that sink in. I love this definition of planning. Bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it now. I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for the privilege of your time. Hope you enjoyed this. Join the community over on the Discord server if you're a patron. And let me know your thoughts about all the modifications of our channels, if that works for you, if there's anything missing, if you have any topic ideas, then let me know. You know how to find me. Have a wonderful time. And of course, next week, I'll be on vacation, but the show must go on. So there will be new episodes. Don't worry about that. See you next time. God bless.